You're listening to the IMT Show with Mike Sims. Now here is your host. All right. I have a big treat today. I have Fern Brady on the show, and she is the owner of Inklings Publishing and also an author of a number of books. And welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me here, Mike. It's so much fun to be here with you tonight. Well, thank you. So I got to know what, what made you get into writing? Well, you know, in terms of writing, I've always, I've always been a writer, right? I mean, as writers, we know we start off when we're little, we're making up worlds, we're writing cute stories. I remember uh, writing little stories and skits for my parents. And I had this little like puppet theater that um, that we that my mom had given me or my grandma. And so I would like set up little storylines and I charged them money for the popcorn that they provided. So I, I've always been in the story writing business, you know, but like professionally, um, it started with getting uh, connected with the Houston Writers Guild. You know, for years, I just wrote on my own, you know, in my classroom and such. And then, and then one day I met this uh, fellow teacher who was a member of the guild. She was going to some critique groups and she invited me. Hmm. And I signed up that same night. I was like, oh, this is awesome, <laughs> you know, getting right. Who knew there was so much support for, for writers out there? Oh, and, yeah. and then that's where it started. Like, okay, oh, I could do this. You know, I could actually consider putting forth these stories somewhere in, in, for people to actually read them, you know? And that was, that was what got me there. Well, that's definitely something the, uh, the Writers Guild has been a, uh, uh, a big help for a lot of people. And that's uh, how mainly we, we met. And you, uh, you were nice enough to um, share uh, some tables with uh, conferences and stuff with me, and and I appreciate that. And that's that's something normally I I uh, wouldn't be able to do, and so I appreciate that. Yeah, and we we enjoy that. And you know, I've always felt that in our industry, in the writing industry, um, there is there uh, the competition element of industries and in business is sort of not the same because people can buy many books and, and, and readers buy multiple books and they buy multiple authors, you know? So it, it doesn't make sense to, to not help each other. Yeah. You know, it, it, it can only help you. And so it's always uh, fun for me and it makes, it makes it more uh, fun when you're there at these events, you know, when you have other authors you can chat with and, you know, hang out together. I, I definitely remember the library uh, uh, convention. It was like 7,000 people will go through that thing. And for a library convention, it was pretty loud. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think those poor librarians were, were really struggling with not telling everybody to shh. Or maybe this is their outlet time, you know. <laughs> you can see it in their face. You can see it in their face like, <laughs> poor darling but but you know what it was awesome because it did bring people into the library yeah. which you know I think it's one of those things where we forget that the library has you know it's a great resource and we don't always you know of course we want people to buy our books 
right? I mean, right. as writers, we want people to buy our books. But, you know, the library is a great <clears throat> place to get books and to, you know, if you're not, if you're having a difficulty or you want to get some books for your kids, you know, it's just a, such a wonderful thing that we have. You know, there's a lot of books I bought actually because I read them from the library and I just had to have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just some I wanted to reread later. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what's your favorite? You know, there was a, it was actually a, it, one that came to me was from a movie called Dangerous Minds. And, uh, and I was like, you know, that's a, it's all right movie, but you know, it, you know, I saw that was based on a book. So I went and checked out the book and it was, uh, my homies don't do homework. Hmm. And, and it was much more interesting uh, than the movie. I, a lot of the stuff that didn't happen, you know, that was in the movie. But um, uh, this, this lady that was a teacher ended up, she was extraordinary. And uh, it was very interesting what, what she went through and what she did for him. Yeah. And then, you, you know, those are really beautiful stories when you see real life um, people making a difference in people's lives. Those really do. They give you hope. Yeah. They give you hope. So you got a uh, Thyrene's Galactic Wall. Is that right? Yep. That's my, that's my universe. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so tell us about this universe. All right. Well, Thyrene's Galactic Wall um, was born because I was a teacher, you know, and as a teacher, I taught language arts and uh, reading, you know, the ELA program. And I taught social studies because the whole school had to teach social studies, you know, in the way we blocked out our time. And so one of the things that I did was to start kind of cross pollinating the, the lessons. So we had to talk about geography with mm-hmm. our kids and teach the geographic features and the impact that geography has on cultural developments and things like that. And so as we did that, I pulled that into the language arts and we started by just creating a planet, right? And Mm. so we just studied these geographic features, let's create a planet. And once we had the the planet build, well, where would our civilizations arise, right? Looking at different uh, things in in, uh, social studies, how, how can we, apply them to our made up world, right? And then of course, you know, we, we would read about like mythologies and, and legends and things like that. And so we would pull them in, like now let's create some for our world. And so before I knew it, you know, I had all these stories built around planet Jorn, um, which was in Thyrene's galactic wall because eventually I had created multiple planets because you know every year I had to make a planet right. so you know I had all these planets and and uh, all these legends and all this background on them and and that's where it was born it was born with my kids with my sixth graders hmm. you know? and I think that was like one of the best parts of teaching was just watching them bring in what we were learning over here into our writing you know, and getting creative with it and applying it, which I think uh, benefited them in the sense that not just we had fun writing and the writing skills, but, you know, it cemented so many of the concepts and things that we were studying elsewhere because we were actually creating something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there it expanded, you know, once I had novels and, 
and all these short stories that I was beginning to really flesh out, it began to expand. And now I have like maps of the galaxies, like the, <laughs> there's seven main galaxies. And I looked up on NASA mm -hmm. <laughs> to see, okay, where can I find a galaxy that's near ours, right? Because Earth is in Thyrene's Galactic Wall, though we are not privy right. to what's going on. And so I, I was like, okay, which ones are around us? And I picked them and I was like, hey, this is going to be for these group of planets and this one's going to be for this group of planets. So, you know, I did my best to to really ground it into our actual universe, but it's, you know, completely made up. Wow, that's that, that's cool. That, that reminds me a lot of the, um, uh, you know, the author of the Lord of the Rings, he had, he wrote his, his books but he had wrote this entire timeline, huge timeline of everything. And only his books were only small parts of it. So yeah. that he had continuity. Yes, I, I have that too. One time, uh, my, my editor, my developmental editor, Max Regan, he was like, you know, it would be great to have, because I would talk about that, right? I would be like, in this book, and well, you know, this is happening because blah, blah happened way back over here and blah, blah. And he's like, it would be great if I had like a document of that. So I was like, oh, great. Now I have to design one. <laughs> it's all in my head. And so one time I started, you know, I sat down, made a table, you know, and I was like, okay, so everything began and blah, blah, you know, and just went through. And it, um, when I sent it to him, he, he accidentally just clicked print before noticing how many pages. It was oh. like 20 something pages of the history, but it outlined the whole, the whole history, right? Of, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like, <laughs> he was like, you should have given me a heads up about this. I was like, I'm sorry. There's a more paper. <laughs> I'm like, let me give you a read. No, but it was it was great because it really did make me have to sit down and think about when does this happen and when does that happen, you know? And then, awesome. you know, as authors, you're an author uh, and, you know, suddenly this new story pops into your head and all of a sudden you're figuring out where does that fit in? You know, where did you come from? You know, right. where am I plugging you in on my outline? Yeah. Cool. So what has been the, uh, your book journey been like so far? It has been fun. It has been very, very fun. Like I said, I mean, because, you know, I've been just in the creative process of, you know, fleshing out the world so that the, the books themselves feel very real and grounded in, in, in things. Um, it has not it has not been as easy to get get it out as I had thought because um, you know it's taken several rounds of revisions you know um, as an author you, it, it's we write it and we think it's done and and then we send it off to like an editor and they're like well this is confusing or you know this could be fleshed out more or maybe you should cut out this whole like info dump <laughs> right that you put in there and build it more organically and so you know as I've been on this journey I have discovered a lot of the the practice of writing the you know becoming more of a working writer and give you know treating it as a practice as a daily practice that I do instead of something that's just sort of 
fun and magical that I do every once in a while. You know, it has become, you know, something that I purposely sit down and, and write, you know, and I plan it into my schedule. And these are my writing times. And this is what I'm going to focus on. And it has become a lot more structured as it's, and especially now that the first book is officially out because, you know, before it was all short stories. Right. And so those are not as, you know, people are not, fans are not demanding that you produce more short stories, you know, in random anthologies all, all over the place. But now that there's like the novel, the first book is there. Now it's kind of like, okay, you know, we've, we're beginning to get a readership. We're beginning to get some fans, you know? Um, so we really need to produce that second book and bring it out in a timely fashion. And so then there's the pressure to, you know, get it done, get it done. And uh, right. which wars against the whole, you know, you want it to be really fabulous. So you have to like right. weigh it to, okay, you want to make it as fabulous as you can, but you got to get it done <laughs> in a timely fashion. Right. You just got to get to a point where you just have to abandon it. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, cause you know, as a writer, you know, we could revise a oh. book forever. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, I, I think it, you know, I get to the point where I'm, I'm probably damaging it, you know, we can more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because at, at some point you end up coming back to like maybe the first way you wrote something, you yeah. know, you, you revised it so much that you ended up back where you started in the, in the beginning, you know? So I got so much dialogue in there, you know, the reader's like, what's the point of this? You know, <laughs> or, say talking, yeah. Talking heads, you know, Oh my gosh, you don't, you didn't ground it or whatever. You do have to, at some point, the story is good. It's going to be engaging. It has satisfactory ending. It's got to go out. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So you started a publishing company. I did. Inklings Publishing, which is inklingspublishing.com is the website. Yeah. So tell us about that. Well, when I first started in the writing community, you know, with the Houston Writers Guild, I got involved with that. Um, and then I joined the board and then later became the head of the guild. I began to learn a lot about self-publishing, about indie publishing. And, you know, it was not hard, you know, I mean, it's not easy, <laughs> right? But, but I thought to myself, you know, this is something I can do. I mean, if you can run a business, basically, that's really what it is. You're running a business and you have to, as a, as an independently published author, and you know this because you're doing your own books, you have to treat that side of the publication of your book as a business versus the writing of the book, which is more artistic. Right. And so, you know, if, but if you have that ability, you have that mindset to create a business and run it as such, then you really, really um, can do it. It's it, the tools are there. It's, you know, it, there's costs, of course. Oh yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's a doable thing. And, and the more I learned about it, the more I realized, you know, I could do this. And, you know, at the time I didn't really have a novel, you know, I mean, I was working on one, but it was nowhere near being ready to, to be released. And I saw a lot of authors struggling to get published and struggling to get their work out there. And I thought, well, I, I can't, in the, in the beginning, you know, we couldn't really publish individual authors, but I thought, well, anthologies, right? Short story collections. 
it gives authors a chance to put their work out somewhere in a collection with other authors. So everybody is, you know, promoting that collection. So you're getting visibility from all these other authors. It gives us a chance to promote as many authors as we can. And, uh, and I thought, well, I'll just start there. And that's, mm -hmm. that's where, you know, Inkling started is just with the idea of helping authors just build up their careers. And, you know, we went to a writer's retreat. I, I got a chance to go to a writer's retreat that uh, was, you know, not expensive at all because I was just invited by a friend and he wasn't charging us, you know, other than our taking care of our own food and things. Right. Uh, and so it was, it was great. And so when I came back from that and I started looking at how much retreats cost, you know, I mean, the, a writer's retreat is more than a thousand bucks and that's just for the actual retreat. That doesn't even include your travel, your food, your stay. And so I thought, gosh, that's terrible, <laughs> you know, authors can't do that. And then I thought, well, you know, this little company could do that. You know, we, we could right. publish the anthologies, make a little bit of money. We could spend that money on offering this opportunity. And th that's where, you know, that's where it all began. It was just the opportunity to create a platform for as many authors as we could. Right. And eventually it grew into a, a publishing house. We, we got our first author through the anthologies because Meg uh, Haftal was our first ever author. Uh, I met her through the short stories in our, that she had submitted. And uh, she was such a great writer. And I, and I pitched her the idea, hey, why don't you do a collection of short stories for us? You know? Right. So she, she came on board. And that was our first, you know, individual author. And, and little by little, you know, we, we, we're now like, we now have 15 authors under contract. Yeah. So it's been fun. Well, I know I mentioned your, uh, your publishing company too, because people, especially on the Facebook groups, uh, there's, there's one that's got like a hundred thousand authors on it. And, and once in a while they'll wander over, find me and they'll, they'll ask, uh, you know, can you mentor me or whatever? And, and I always say, you know, you, you, you probably want to talk to Fern, mm -hmm. you know, go to this website and uh, she can answer a lot of your questions. Uh, also, it's, um, <clears throat> you have to be a, very careful out there because it's a, there's a lot of pitfalls. <laughs> oh, I know you fell into one, my well, friend, early on. It, well, you know, and and, you know, it, but I, it was, I was able to get out of that one, but, uh, but also learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, but, you know, it, it's, it's like, uh, it's like anything, there's, there's just all kinds of stuff out there that's, uh, that can trip you up. And of course you have, when you're a new author, uh, you, you know, you're, you're thinking, you know, you have the masterpiece and you're going to go take it to an agent. And they're going to be so excited about it. They're going to take it to the big five publishers and they're all going to bid and fight over it. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be a millionaire in two years. <laughs> right. That's everybody's dream. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you and know, don't forget it's, that it's going to get picked up by like a major motion picture company yeah. and it's going to be made into a movie and everybody in the world is going to see it. Oh, yeah. That's the other part of the dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You're going to be a billionaire, you know, uh, like J.K. Rowling or, you know, and the others. <laughs> Yeah. but it's um you know it, it, i mean in which it can't happen but you know winning the lottery can happen too yes but what's your odds 
So yeah, and you just have to be prepared as a as an author. And I appreciate that you recommend us because we, you know, and I do, you know, I do. I take time to to give authors, you know, feedback and and just let them know, hey, here's what I think you should do, and here's some things to keep in mind because there it's so easy to be taken advantage of. You know, it's so um, they they these scammer uh, services that promise to do all this for your book and then they do nothing yeah. you know um and you you're they're preying on your dream like all criminals you know they prey on on something a hope that someone has and and it's a terrible thing to see authors have to go through that you know and you you were very blessed to be able to get out of that mess and then later of course you know they came to their legal end <laughs> they did for a fact but they they left 30,000 authors out in the cold and, the, and, and not just that, that but musicians. Yeah. And um, some actually, some of the authors actually had bestsellers and they were owed over a million in royalties and never wow. got a dime. Wow. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was very sorrowful and bad for, for a lot of it, people. It is. And, you know, that kind of brings me back to like the Houston Writers Guild and um, organizations like that, like Authorology, you know, is a newer newer one, but it's a really good one. Very dedicated people behind it. Um, you know, as a writer, as a, uh, an aspiring author, you're entering into this business. You need to hook up uh, with these kinds of organizations because they're the ones that are going to be able to provide you some guidance and also some vetted resources. Yeah. And one of the big benefits to them is that, you know, if you're if you're wondering if this particular publishing company or this offer sounds a little too good to be true, you know, you can reach out to these kinds of organizations and see, hey, have you guys heard of it? Because they're always putting on conferences and right. you know, and events. And so they're all they're constantly vetting industry professionals. Yeah. And seeing, okay, are they for real? I remember one year um, for the Houston Writers Guild, we had our conference and we had an agent, an agent with their agency uh, was going to send a representative. And then it came to our attention that this agent was now charging authors mm. for uh, editing their work and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And that's huge red flag. Yeah. you know you you don't do that that's not how agency works it's not how agents work and i remember having to you know call and uninvite them you know to the yeah. call because we were not going to put them in front of our authors to yeah. have our authors have to pay you know well as uh, i've had to explain to a um to a newbie author is that you know you you not only have to have the, a, a good agent but you have to have the right agent that has relationships with these big publishers mm -hmm. because they're only as good as their last success. Yes. And if they have a failure book, they're probably not going to have that relationship anymore. I mean, the agents, they come and go all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had two or three agents that wanted to represent me on Southern cross and uh, they're not agents anymore. Yeah. You know, I just waited and I checked them out later and they're gone. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you yeah. know, just the, the desperation, I guess, of trying to find something to upstart them. Yes, yes. And, and that's also true in terms of 
like you just said, checking them, you know, authors have to be constantly checking and, and certain agencies have stood the, the test of time, you know, they're, they represent multiple authors and such, but the agents right. within often come and go. So yeah. you do have that situation where some authors will have begun with their, with one agent and then, you know, they're switched to like another because now, you know, the agency is still there, but the agent is no longer so. Thank you for listening to the IMT show with Mike Sims. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The IMT show is an opinion show and not to be taken as serious personal, legal, tax or financial advice. It is meant as entertainment only. IMT show, Mazaroff for Mike Sims is not responsible for ad content. For more information on show schedules and content visit www.mazaroff.net slash IMT.